0: Yay! You are listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. Believe in me and ye shall find peace. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, you'll have even more peace with this extended ad-free version of the first of two CES-focused podcasts. As you're probably now aware, you're listening to CES Heaven, where we'll be remarking on the most marvellous of the electronic souls that passed through the Consumer Electronics Show's Pearly Concrete Gates this year. And joining me for this celebration of divine consumerism is Archangel Andrew Hoyle of CNET.com. Hi there! Hello, Brother Andrew, who is also actually my brother. And thank you to patrons including Angel Matt Cotton, Angel Fernando and Angel... Neil Horton, who are supporting us amongst many other people directly via Patreon and keeping us in supply of forgiveness and Halo polish. Let the entertainment begin, Andy, there will be haiku readings poetry recitals, and uh, maybe some musings on the inner soul. First, I think we should sensibly recap the themes of the show this year, which were that 8K TVs are really coming soon. Companies thought the release of Samsung and Huawei's folding phones were evidence enough that there's a need to push into folding tablet computers, and that 5G is going to get affordable and fast. For example, Chinese manufacturer TCL showed off the first smartphone to feature 5G that it said will launch in the US for under $500. It's a good half, uh, about half anyway, of uh, what the most cheap uh, or the cheapest current models tend to run for. We also saw the tables turn on the car fronts. In past years, CAS always played host to car companies who showed off accessories and hardware for their vehicles, whether that was hi-fi systems or in-dash entertainment or navigation. But this year it was the other way around in some instances, tech companies making cars. Sony being the poster child of this uh, little about turn, which showed off a working prototype. It said it has no plans to sell it, but then Nokia was manufacturing toilet paper in the 1960s and probably didn't think at the time it was gonna become the biggest phone maker in the world. A cat just jumped into the studio.
1: Hi Toulouse, you smell a
0: fish. This was also the year that we were able to answer the question, is meat technology? The answer apparently is yes. Impossible Foods, the American startup, demoed its plant-based substitute for ground pork. Attendees were able to try some, and one reporter for The Verge described it as, quote, spongy. I'll leave it at that. Elsewhere, it was business as usual. Lots of smartphone stuff, massive 4K TVs, faster chips and modems, and Donald Trump's daughter. Andy and I are going to spend this episode talking through some of our favorite products shown at CES. Some predictable, some probably less so. And in the next episode, in a couple of days, we'll be doing the opposite with Ian journeying into CES hell for the worst of the stupid. Okay, Andy, I'm going to let you pick the first product, and you managed to choose something that I would have put at the top of this list anyway, which is the Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Fold. Yes, I picked that. Tell me what this product is first, before you tell me your opinions of it.
1: So, like any other Lenovo, Lenovo ThinkPad, it's a laptop, which I am putting in my own air quotes, which nobody can see, so just imagine imagine air quotes there um around the world laptop so it is a laptop that utilizes a folding screen much like we've had this year on folding phones with like the samsung galaxy fold and huawei mate x but this time it's on a bigger screen in a laptop form just explain whether it's a laptop
0: style as in it has a keyboard and a screen and then the screen folds or if it's just a big
1: screen that half of which becomes a keyboard it's the latter. It's one big screen, basically, and I think it's a 13-inch screen. So imagine something like the biggest iPad Pro, but it bends in the middle and it folds up. And the idea being that you can either pair it with a Bluetooth keyboard and use it as like almost like a big um, all-in-one desktop computer. You could fold it the screen in half, and the bottom half of the screen could become an on-screen keyboard. Basically, there's a lot of different configurations. Now, the reason I put those air quotes around the word laptop is that the actual product is the screen now i would argue that just a big screen at a computer is a tablet Mm
2: -hmm. yeah not a laptop
1: yeah which is fine i mean it's no problem they've made the world's first folding tablet or laptop like a laptop is a screen with a with a hinge that connects to a permanent physical keyboard surely what they've made is a folding tablet that can connect to a bluetooth keyboard
0: now there are some interesting themes being addressed here uh the first of which is is a laptop or rather is the is the the umbrella term defined by the use case is it is it defined by the form factor or is it defined maybe by other physical characteristics like a physical keyboard because a laptop as you say is
1: a computer you can use on a lap on your legs you know no I don't, I don't think the positioning of where you use it like that defines its laptop we know lap, laptop as a as a term has been defined by what the product has been i.e a screen and a physical keyboard connected together in a clamshell format that closes like that's what a laptop is a, a tablet you can also use on your lap you know an ipad with a case but it's a tablet it's not a laptop. Um, you're using it the same way, but like I mean, this is complete semantics and entirely pointless. The point, the the exciting thing is they've made it. I'm just disagreeing slightly with the terminology that's surrounding it, but okay, so- that's irrelevant, really, because the product they made is actually quite interesting.
0: Yeah, and it runs Windows. Like that's another difference, isn't it? Here? Four
1: Windows inside, and it's got um, I think a decent setup of um, of specs, um, and which I think are reasonably common. To like, a, I think a, maybe a lower end. Laptop, I don't this is not sort of super high performance laptop level of things. This isn't gonna replace your MacBook Pro, this isn't gonna be a gaming PC. Um, uh, do we actually i don't know if we know the specifications of this no we don't because i think at the moment this is in sort of concept form
0: yeah and it's an oled screen i know it i know that and and i know that it's full fat windows yeah but that's that's it we don't know i mean obviously it's got flash it's not
1: got moving parts inside Mm -hmm. um but it may they could easily put moving parts inside why would you need to Well, hypothetically, I'm just saying that, you know, you say that as though, obviously, oh, because it's a folding thing. Hypothetically, you could put a disk drive in it if you wanted to. It just doesn't go in where the hinge is. It would go just like a regular laptop in now. It would go in the base part in one of the sides it doesn't fold. Um, You know, batteries aren't foldable. They will have batteries in one side and the other, but not in the middle where it does the folding. So I think still, there's a lot of different, things that they can do with this with this design but i think it's interesting that we've got folding displays appearing on much larger screens rather than we, we've, we've seen them first at a consumer level on phones now if you'd have asked me a few years ago which side we'd see them first i'd have said we'd see them on larger screens before we saw them on smaller screens i'd have agreed that's yeah. typically how the technology works you it gets things get miniaturized
0: plus we already have the concept sorted for us we know that we like Laptops, where there is a thing that's on the desk and a screen that
1: folds up and it closes in half and you put it in your bag. Yeah, and we've already seen, and we've already seen things like, again from Lenovo, like the Yoga, the three-in-one tablets/laptops, where you know the the screen can fold all the way around and it can stand up, so you can use it like a laptop um, or you can use it like a tablet. So I would argue that the the potential need for a folding screen there and I do use the term need loosely I don't think this is anything we do need but I would say if we do need anywhere it's probably more in the laptop tablet world than in the smartphone world I've had the Galaxy Fold since it went on sale and I use it pretty much every day but I don't need it. well i want to ask you one question then and
0: to get your opinion on this before we move on because i think there's one very key difference between a laptop that folds like this or a tablet that folds like this and a, and a folding smartphone is that with a phone it's either closed or mm-hmm. you're using it open with this to use it in a laptop mode you're sort of having it halfway between closed and open that means that there's going to be there's going to be a little like a, a curvature on the screen, that is not, I can't imagine, going to be amazingly well utilised without some pretty careful software design. And that's the element that I think it will be interesting to see evolve. And at two and a half grand, which is what we know this is going to cost when Mm. it comes out later this year, that's going to, I mean, it's an early adopter product, obviously, but I think that's going to be something that we're going
1: to need to see some very serious innovation and if it's going to catch on. Agreed. And also, I believe, now correct me if I'm wrong, that this... Uh, the screen it folds closed the screen folds in on itself like a book and much like the samsung galaxy fold does
0: yeah it's galaxy fold rather than
1: huawei matex yeah Yeah. whereas what i think would be more useful is a larger screen which folds back around on itself because in that instance you can fold it basically into a uh into a tent format and it can stand up on its own and then you can you can connect a keyboard and type on it but then it can also fold out and basically if you've got suddenly a big 15 inch sketch pad to to do artwork on or to watch movies and stuff when you don't want to use it as a laptop i think that would be a much more practical device yep i would
0: 100 percent agree with that i can think of lots of use cases i just had a mental image of being used in a in a bank situation where you have somebody on either side, or even in a podcast situation like we're doing, and you have one in the middle, yeah. and one of you is looking at half, the, you know, half the screen that's pointing to you, and, and yeah. the other person is half pointing the other way. Yeah. And in that scenario as well, it wouldn't matter if the if the fold was there because you're not using that bit you of screen you, anyway. You don't use the top
1: bit, yeah. Or you're you're sitting on a on a train at a table opposite your friend, and you want to both watch the same movie. You both got two pairs of Bluetooth headphones connected, and you can watch the film on both sides. Let's, All kinds of apps.
0: Let's move on to one other one that I wanted to point out because I think it's relevant to what we've just discussed. This one uh, was was my pick, and this is actually the um, the Bridge Pro Plus keyboard with trackpad. This is for the iPad Pro, and they what this is, <clears throat> it's a glorified keyboard that you clip onto a onto an iPad, like an iPad just Pro, just like you would. Any other uh, keyboard now? Any other one, exactly. It looks just like it, except it has um, the actual keyboard bit, comes much closer to you, and there is a trackpad on it because iPad now supports, sorry, iPad OS now supports um, mice. It's a bit of a faff to enable it, but it does support it. And so the trackpad can be used instead of a mouse. And so what you're ending up with in that situation is a very, very laptop-like setup on an ipad which calls into question all of these things once again is what is an is that a laptop because it's exactly as a laptop looks it's just that it's predominantly a screen attached to an accessory i
1: got kicked out of a cafe recently for working on my um ipad um in its um in its uh when i was using it on the keyboard when with the ipad pro when it's in keyboard mode and you've got it propped up on the keyboard thing so it looks a bit like a laptop because they a lot of coffees and i can I can I swear on your podcast? No, I expletive deleted. I very much hate cafes where they like where they get all prissy about people on laptops. Say, like, oh, sorry, no, you can't, you can't, you can't work here. Um, like, what's the point of being a cafe then? Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, Do you know what? Yeah, but uh, I was just, in, just, this is in Amsterdam, okay. and I and I was um, and I was uh, working at um, on in this area on my iPad. This guy comes over and says, you can't work here. I'm like why not like, we don't you know we don't, we don't like people to use laptops so it's not a laptop it's a tablet um and i've come here to work like if you want my custom i need to do my job So like oh sorry you can't do that so i said right okay fine so i just pulled off the key uh pulled the keyboard off it and said what's your policy on working on tablets I Said, tablets is fine I'm like the work hasn't changed. Do you not re- do you not think that's a bit ridiculous?
0: I think that is ridiculous, and I can tell you a very similar example. I recently had to go to the US embassy um, to have uh, my American visa renewed, and at the gate, you're now allowed to take tablets, but you are not allowed to take laptops. Mm. Yeah, so, a bit daft. A bit daft. Although interestingly, in that situation, when I went in, they made me take out my iPad and my phone and open at least one app. So it's not enough to have it on charge you had to show that it was a working tablet and a working phone which yes. is more than they do at airports. At airports you have to have it charged but they I've never in all my flights I've never been asked to actually show my device is charged.
1: Interesting. Sometimes they do because they you know, I think the idea being if it, if you've got a dummy it could just have a bomb in it and so you don't if if you can't show it turns on. Yes. It could be because there's a bomb in it.
0: alienware ufo concept tell me what this tell me what this is
1: this is nintendo switch for pc games that is it in a nutshell it is uh fundamentally a like a gaming pc unit but it's handheld and if you just picture nintendo switch in that it's all like an old game gear something like that you know both hands game gear you couldn't think of a
0: more appropriate comparison to the nintendo switch than the game gear from 1993 With its six AA batteries and its atrocious games library. Am I right? Cool Spot was
1: pretty good. Cool Spot wasn't developed exclusively for the Game Gear. No, but it was all right. Did you know that Cool Spot was a um, promotional tool for Virgin Cola? I did, indeed. Oh, well, there you go then. Yeah. Did you know that... He is the spot of the Virgin Cola's logo. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, carry on. Anyway, but this is for PC games. It is a concept, but presumably this would be a steam linked or maybe an alienware specific um uh gaming library platform somehow but it's sounding a
0: lot like the nvidia shield
1: no it will no because it's a self-contained unit rather than a streaming device and so the idea would be that you would have things installed on it and it the reason i like this and this was echoed in our write-up by i think dan ackerman on cnet but i or maybe even Scott Stein, one of them. One of those good guys. I'm looking
0: it up now and I can confirm it's neither of those people. It's Daniel Van Boom. Oh, it's Dan
1: Van Boom. Which D- which DV- I have to say D V B he's a good guy. That is a fantastic name. I mean, he's a good he's a very great guy. Yeah, Mr. Boom. Um but it is Amazing what the Nintendo Switch has done for gaming for everyone. Everyone always says the same thing, but it's amazing how easily you can quickly pick up and within seconds you are back playing the game that you were playing before. Whereas with consoles, as you know, as we all know, it's a pain in the ass to play games. You turn it on and it takes forever to load. I mean, it's got to do updates and everything is slow and laborious and you've got to plan ages in advance to play like a quick round of, of a game. And I. Been frustrated recently because I've really got into I mean I've always really liked Forza Horizon 4, but they launched a new mode that I didn't know at the end of last year, which is basically Fortnite, but for car racing. And I discovered this only last week and I really really liked it. And it's really easy to go on and play a quick round, but it takes so damn long to load that game and to get it set up that you've really I've got to find a long period of time where I can get it setting up, I can get it loading and then play whereas the switch is the opposite like anytime i want to just quickly pick up a game at the moment it's the witcher 3 it's a big title but it's you're straight in there immediately this is exactly
0: how i feel about ipad gaming which is why i do almost all of my gaming now and you
1: can we can say the same about generally mobile gaming versus uh this is pc or console gaming and that is what we want the Uh, alienware UFO to do. Well, let's
0: get back to the UFO then because I'm looking at a picture of it now and it does remind me a a little bit of like a PS Vita, like if Microsoft had designed the PS Vita. It's exactly like that. It's exactly like that, isn't it? It's like an Xbox, but a Vita, but Xbox. I do wonder if it's coming... In as much a wrong time as the PS Vita did, which launched as a basically a mobile console in your hands, but right at the time that everybody moved to being using their phone as a gaming platform, yeah. with this, that is already established, and now the the next big thing that everyone wants to do is streaming, yes. which you'll stream to your to your handheld device and so i wonder if this is a could potentially be a great product at the wrong time or if it's if it has enough runway left that actually this there's a demand for a product like this because yeah. you're going to have to carry this around with your
1: phone and well, history proves that's that are, not always attractive yeah some of the things that are un, unknown about it as well like is, is how much of it is done locally because part of the thing with pc gamers is that they they run the absolute top triple a titles at max everything and it's very much geared towards people who wanna play super powered titles. That's why those monster gaming rigs with like twin latest graphics cards exist. This obviously something handheld isn't gonna have that. Like the the whole thing itself is about the same size as a gaming graphics card. It's big. It looks about the size
0: of a fully grown side of a horse's face, doesn't it?
1: No. No, it doesn't. That a horse's face is 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 two or three feet a horse's face is not as big
0: be- for reference andy's holding up a, 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 a size you could fit two horses, horses
1: are massive have you watched the godfather have you ever yes have you ever see, have you ever met a horse they're immense i've ridden horses yeah no, won, so i know ro- you have and and won rosettes yeah you did win rosettes yeah so but, i'm good at horse but you were on small you were on small little ponies no i wasn't you
0: those ones were full size i'm they just were, saying that yeah. what
1: what what the thing you are saying, you are showing, is, is, is not the size. Right. It is. I say. I'd say it. It is a bit. It is a like a slightly chunky Nintendo Switch. Who's to say? Which is which is as I'm sure anyone will know. Nothing like the size of a horse's head.
0: Well, anyway, this UFO from Alienware is a prototype. According to the CNET write-up, there are no plans for a market release right now. Like everything at CES, or not like everything, but like so many things at CES, the idea is to gauge public reaction and see if there's impetus to put something into uh, into production. So who knows? We don't. But I can't see this being a hot seller, but I
1: also think it could be uh, very popular with a niche crowd. I mean, I think you're right, and I think you're right about the timing um, of it. But I think for that reason, that's why I put it in here. Not necessarily as one of my real big, wow things from the show, but as a very interesting product that is being rela launched by a major brand. That's not you know this isn't some small little niche company which is trying to do some small product and they haven't really done their research. This is Alienware, which is Dell. Like it couldn't be from a bigger company. So it's interesting that they are putting that sort of money into into a, a product at this point
0: tell me about um mars cat this is one you put in here this is an autonomous robot cat that just wants to do its own thing according to the cnet headline and which I, watched... I which i wrote Describe
1: what it is. So it is a robot cat. It's much in the same vein as Sony's famous Ibo robot dog. Um, this one is the feline version. It's a Kickstarter, but it's already far surpassed its um, its goal, and it's due to go into production in March. But basically, it is it is a robot pet that will walk around. It's got articulated knees and all that stuff, and it acts, as supposedly, as much like a cat as, as possible. Now, that, to me, means okay, so it's going to be aloof, it's going to ignore you, or it's going to come and knock things off your table for fun. Um, well, I mean, we've had that just on this episode. To will an do whatever act- the hell he wants. An He's actual brilliant. cat has yeah. jumped
0: in front of the microphone already once in this show.
1: Yeah. Um, so the idea is that it will just basically be a cat. It will do a lot of its own things, but you can then interact with it when you want to. You can... The noise. The noises, yeah, yeah. If you can hear that, that is till he's playing in his box, which is just outside the door. Um, you can you can say stop, and it will stop, and or say come here, and it will come to you. Which is again, unlike almost any other cat. Um, so it's interesting because they they say that it will learn and it will develop. Their, each one will develop their own personality. You know, if you play with it more, it'll be more playful. Um, some of them may even be quite lazy and not really want to do a lot. Um, but it's. Yeah, I mean, it looks like there's no fur on it. It's got like a soft touch, silicon-looking skin. So, so it's a sphinx. It, it's well, it, yeah, but even less furry than a sphinx. Would it have I'm, killed I'm, them to put some fake fur? I was thinking they could have Just, probably made it. They uh, could have made it more cuddly, a bit of padding you've, and a bit of fake fur. You've seen that product? That's
0: um, it's like the back end of a cat, and it has a wagging tail. Yeah, and it's for you to lay against, and the tail wags against your yeah. head.
1: It's very sweet.
0: Yeah. They could have just done that.
1: They could have done something. I think with a cat, they needed to. the The robot dog is fine because, because of its shape and, it, and its and its lack of fur, it actually looks a little bit like a Jack Russell. Um, I'm talking about um, because a Jack Russell, is, as you know, having got a Jack Russell and a cat, very very a real, short, flesh, and cl- real fesh- flesh and blood cat, real flesh uh, and blood cat. A Jack Russell's fur is so is so smooth that. it it almost doesn't look like fur. It could just be like a painted pattern. And so Ibo actually kind of looks a little bit more realistic for that reason. Whereas I think on this, it does, from the pictures that I've seen, Hmm. it does look a little bit like they're showing the interior of the robot and they're yet, you know, oh no, you can zip this cat case around it to make it look more friendly. And that isn't the case. they, They do do other versions with different like patterns on it, but it's just like a painted shell come on right this is this is
0: the ces heaven so this is the episode where we're broadly talking about things we like not exclusively glowing but generally things that we think are great yeah
1: i like cats i like cats too so why not just get a cat because in a lot of places they can't have animals i think that's one of the reasons why a lot of the japanese companies have been spearheading these because as you know from your knowledge of of japan and its culture that people live in such small places where they can't have they can't often have pets and and that's
0: why they have cat cafes
1: and that's why they have cat cafes but it's also why small robot companions like this could actually serve a very real purpose in in giving some somebody something to have and interact with um at home where they can't actually have animals i mean they, they've done plenty of trials and clinical trials of um robots in um uh, old age care centers, and provably, yeah, that that they they have been a very real benefit to the people in there. They have a thing to actually talk to and to and to talk with, which is, I mean, I think, well, you're right. I mean, lo-
0: loneliness is, is is an epidemic, and and will get so particularly in Japan with an aging population. Hmm. I don't believe that's why this product exists, though.
1: So. I I don't necessarily think no. I mean, they it hasn't. I don't believe that was in any way part of their kickstarter campaign but that is that is fundamentally why a lot of these uh robot pets and general you know uh what's what what's a good umbrella term just companions yeah like robot companions we've talked
0: about emotional support animals on the show before
1: we have um but just general robotic companions i'd say that's one of the reasons they are a thing to begin with is because it is addressing a need in some parts of the world for that sort of thing.
2: Mm, okay,
1: as well as it being an interesting toy.
0: Do we know when this is going on sale?
1: Yeah. So as I say, it's it hit its Kickstarter goal. More than it's well over it. I don't like it when people say, as I said, it makes me feel like I wasn't listening. Well, I did I mean, say I, mean I wasn't. I did, and, we, and if you want to listen back and and edit, I'm sure you will do. You will hear me say okay. it's due to go. It's due to ship in March. March. Okay.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm I'm feline that I've given it a bit of a hard hard time. Um. Are you pleased with that one? I was trying to get something like, I'm sure there's a clause in a contract somewhere. Yeah. but Yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, don't pause. SanDisk showed off an 8 terabyte external SSD.
1: 8 terabytes, Andy. What would you do with 8 terabytes? Fill it within a week. With? Uh, photos, videos, everything. Backup, permanent backup. Um, as soon as this goes on sale, I like, will be getting one wow okay and it'll be well over a grand um yeah, but i've yeah. i because i was speaking to Standisk about this because when i saw the um that news drop i called them up and said because you know this is a a prototype device but it's it's a prototype device that will go on sale. like we will have eight terabyte of course. Um, drives like we just we just will do so like why is why is it a, a prototype rather than just a product that you've actually put on sale and um is do you know when this is going to be in the Obviously, wouldn't tell me anything at all. But you may say "Like, yeah, it'll happen, but we don't know when." Um, but I have the two terabyte version of this drive, which is the current highest capacity. It's w- in was the that
0: room. the one that was just in front of me, yeah, yeah in the other room. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those. They yeah, look amazing. They
1: are amazing, and for for people like me, like traveling photographers and people who create a lot of content on the go. It's amazing because I don't have the capacity my MacBook Pro I think is only 500 gig in that's in its hard drive my iPad Pro is one is, is one terabyte and even that is mostly full and when I'm particularly now I shoot a lot of video as well as photos I need huge vast amounts of storage and I usually need it on the move because I need access to those files often when I'm on the go and if you're a traveling videographer you need to have a big archive of your existing b-roll footage ready to go so that wherever you are you can cut particularly if you work in places where you know cloud services you can't rely on because if you don't have the uh, network access to the the internet speeds then trying to download maybe a you know half a terabyte uh, if you're particularly for shooting in 4k or something then eight terabyte is suddenly not a lot of space. No, it's, I mean it's, I was it's in a very usable amount of space. I was
0: in New York recently shooting um, video and one of the things that I bought ahead of that was a it is the tiniest little USB drive I've ever seen. It's 256 gigabytes mm-hmm. and it's barely any larger than the actual bit of USB that needs to be in the USB hole. It's it's not flush when it's yeah. in the socket, but it's. I mean, it is. It, look, it
1: look basically like um, the little Bluetooth adapters you'd have for wireless mouse. Yeah, yeah. It's no yeah, bigger. Than, tiny, yeah. It's no
0: bigger than that, and it wasn't even that expensive. Yeah. Um, and I was using it for that exact yeah. purpose in part. All the other
1: part was yeah. I wanted to watch some films on a plus. This two the two terabyte um SanDisk SSD that I've got. It's the extreme portable i think is what the range is and that was i think i bought that for 500 and even then at two terabytes i still have to closely manage what's stored on it so that i'm only because it's full yeah so i have to make sure that i'm only taking what i actually need for for each things and there's plenty of space for for backup when I'm going somewhere.
0: Well, the other side of this story is that uh, Sandisk also showed off a one terabyte USB-C thumb drive, yes. which is very exciting. None of this comes as, as a surprise because we do revisit this topic every year when the sizes double, but there is something rather satisfying about it hitting a terabyte as opposed to being 500 gig or 750 gig or something like that mm-hmm. one terabyte and I like the design of this because it has um, a traditional USB on one side and USB-C on the other yeah. which is genuinely very very useful very if you're useful. using multiple different products mm-hmm. you know if it's a PC obviously you want the old type if you're on an iPad or something you want or a phone yeah. you want the new one um, so I wanted to uh, I wanted to note those and although I have I, I'm pretty sure it was last year SanDisk kind of one terabyte micro sd card
1: yeah i think they did yeah i think i think they've got that um already and um mdbc is around the corner and and sandisk often has interesting um products to show off there so i'm expecting to see another advancement on the micro sd um side this year this year coming if not um more things Mm. and probably they'll say oh yeah we are putting the 8 terabyte ssd into production when i spoke to them about it they said oh we'll you know put it in into production depending on kind of like the market response to this launch and obviously everyone goes wow holy crap look at this isn't this amazing so obviously they're going to put it into production it's like of course they will i know
0: it always happens as you say well we had a few bits of feedback from patrons in our discord chat who um, they wanted to mention some of the things that they thought were interesting from CES this year. Uh, John Evans had said that he he was intrigued by foldable tech, but he says he's still looking forward to transparent tech. He says, I can see Apple or Samsung doing a completely transparent phone at some point. I can't see the point in a transparent phone, but I can see the appeal in one that could go in and out of translucency. But I also don't know how that would be even
1: possible. Isn't that... I mean, we've just had that with the OnePlus Concept One. Which we're about to talk about. Oh, okay. But yes, we have had that. Right. Well, my point being is that, just to step on the toes of what you're about to talk to next, that is a phone where on the back, the camera unit um, can fade behind uh, glass, and when it needs to be used, electro-something or other kicks in, and the camera unit is revealed.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about that in the extended version of the show, which will be the next segment ah, so in the Patreon. I've, so, version. I've given
1: a teaser to those people who don't pay.
0: This sounds awfully scripted, ladies and gentlemen. I promise it It, it wasn't. Uh, back to the feedback from, uh, from Discord. Uh, we also had, uh, from Luke, he says he finds the idea of a premium vertical video service uh, a little bit contentious, perhaps. We have seen talk
1: of... Is this in response you, yeah. to the Samsung Zero TV that they launched at CES? The vertical. The vertical TV, yeah. I mean, it can do vertical and horizontal, but it's... It's interesting and um we had in, in in our video on that we had a statistic that uh 40 of video that's created online is in vertical format yep. which which i think is, is 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 probably about right i mean I, I would argue that i'm sure it is down to sheer volume of amount of people just going around shooting random things of course it is but in terms of the amount that you would actually really want to sit and watch on a tv i would so you're talking of a certain quality a certain production level I don't imagine much of that is being shot in vertical format. So mm. I'd say most of the stuff that's being shot on a phone in vertical format is still really designed to be watched on a phone rather than a 4K 63-inch uh, I think TV. we should
0: have just have a diagonal phone and just have a, as a halfway house. Well, diagonal cir- video. Circular.
1: circular, then it can go either way.
0: Well, we did see that. There was a circular phone at CES this year. I can't remember the name of it now. but This it, what, year? This year. It was circular and it had two headphone sockets. Yeah, it was a really interesting concept. Googles. Google it now. I'll keep talking as you Google it. I can't remember the name. Andy will furnish you with that information in just a few moments. I can see his thumbs busily doing what so many thumbs do this, these days, which is to translate thought into action.
1: He's looking puzzled. Has he found anything? Yeah, it's called. Oh my god! I mean, you love the name. Is it Squircle? But no, but it's so close to Squircle. It's Circle, but C Y R C L E. Go on, who makes it? Oh, is Circle?
0: That the, oh, that's the name, yeah. is it? But it's round, isn't it? It's circular. It's a. It's a. It's a round display with two headphone sockets. I thought it was really interesting. I didn't include it in in our in our running order. Maybe I should have put it in there in advance. It's. It reminded me a little bit of the the one of the old weird Nokia's that was. It wasn't a circle as such, but it was it was basically round. The product that is the screen wasn't, um, but I don't know what the 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 point of it was, which is why I didn't include it. I just couldn't think of anything to say other than
1: what we've just said. It's amazing. It's bonkers. What's the point? Exactly. What is the point of a circular phone? It reminds me of like the knock that Nokia phone, which was what. That's what I just said. Oh did it. Oh I'm sorry I'm sorry. Because you don't listen. No no no. I was looking at it. I was trying to I was trying I was I was absolutely gobsmacked by this thing and trying to and trying to think of something to say. So I wasn't listening to you at all. But I'm assuming you were talking about the one that's got um it's sort of a square that has got rounded off corners and a yeah. button. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah thank you to patrons for giving us those thoughts in advance um
0: we are going to play some music and in the patreon version as andy has nicely uh, spoiled the secret we're going to talk about something else and um for the non-patreon version hell who knows let's find out Well, uh, Andy and I just spent 15 minutes or so debating furiously um, a little bit about the OnePlus uh, phone that has disappearing cameras, but also more broadly about everything involved in reviewing old technology and whether there's any point in
1: it i forgot we were talking about the phone
0: i know you did yeah the phone the phone looks fine the phone's fine wasn't it yeah Yeah, anyway uh you can get that if you wish by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash uk tech in fact you get access to extra message and all the back catalog of our ad free extended episodes as well but um nonetheless thank you no matter how you are supporting us Andy, thank you for being here for this uh, show one of two shows focused on CES. Tell people where they can find you. Not li- physically, because you're in Palmer's Green, but, um, but
1: online. Uh, I have for the next two weeks, anyway. Um, uh, you can find me with at Battery HQ on most social channels. If you go to YouTube, then you should look for Andrew Langson Photography, because that is where I have my uh, YouTube channel, which is all about the photo shoots that I do both personally and professionally. Um, If you are in any way interested in that, do please go along, subscribe and like my videos.
0: And if I can make a suggestion actually on that front, Andy recently published a video about uh, taking photographs in the Goit Valley in the Peak District. Even if you're not into photography, you can watch that just for the relaxing soundtrack and watching somebody walk around
1: nature. We talked about soundtracks. I realized that on that video, I intentionally didn't put any soundtrack I loved it it. because it was because I was out you just hear the sounds of the na- of nature, which was in it. Yeah. So I just left all the background audio on. I didn't put any soundtrack in it. Well, that's
0: exactly my... That's one of the reasons why I yeah. liked I liked that one. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we'll include a link to all of those things, as well as the stories we've talked about today, as always, at uktechshow.com. Now, normally at this point in the podcast, we turn to Tom Merritt to talk about what's been happening in the wider world of global tech this week. He's been at CES, and he will, I'm sure, have a promo for us on the second CES show we're doing, But instead, because the other week in a previous show recently, we talked about Japanese toilet tech, and I joked about somebody being in Japan um, at that particular point, here is Tom Merritt with
2: a report about his experience with Japanese toilets. As luck would have it, this, for the first time, was the trip in which I decided to try the extra functions, you may call them, of the Toho and other toilets that you find in Japan. Uh, It was not a surprise. It was not a mistake. I I just sort of gritted my teeth and said, all right, let's see how this works. And uh, not nearly as powerful as it looks (laughs) when you see it uh, from the outside as you were talking about uh, on the show a couple weeks ago uh, where it w- will spray all over the uh, all over the bathroom. Uh, it, it definitely was um, unusual, I would say, uh, not necessarily something I would do again and uh, I'm not hundred percent confident that it gets the job done. Uh, better than the way that I'm used to but uh, but it, it does work uh, it, it won't uh, harm you and, uh, and and probably not going to be as otherwise impacting to you as you might expect. There's my on the ground report from Tokyo. Tom Merritt there the Archangel of sensitivity
0: and euphemism uh, a pleasurable report. Thank you very much, Tom. Uh, and Tom will be back talking about things that are not toilets in a, a few days, I'm sure. Um, Tom Merritt, Daily Tech News Show.com. Andy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. For you, um, I also vaguely
2: enjoyed this episode. Good.